Welcome. We are here because we're on the verge uh, of a wonderful 50th anniversary celebration of Aspen Chapel's Music, Art, and Architecture. It's a concert that will be on July 6th, Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m., and we hope you're all going to come join us. We're very excited about this. It's something we've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, it really is a window into the Aspen Chapel, and it's music that is inspired by our chapel's iconic location, architecture, and uh, tradition. And I'm honored today to have three friends and very special people with us. Combined, they have probably about 100 years of <laughs> service and doing magnificent things for Aspen Chapel and the Aspen uh, Valley community. So with me is um, first Greg Anderson. He's our chaplain emeritus, and um, he's retired um, after 36 years as our spiritual leader. And Susan Nicholson, she's our organist and our music director. And you have about, what, 35 years? I of have 32 years. 32 years. She's up in there uh, of, of contributions to the chapel. And Tom Ward, um, he is the co-director of the art gallery at Aspen Chapel, which has been also, has, you have about a 35-year history with the chapel as right. well. Over 100 years. So, see, we're over 100 <laughs> years here. And, a, and, a, and our chairperson, co-chair of the trustees. Yes, yes. But as you can tell, we have much to celebrate here, and that's what we want to talk about today. So I really want to start with Susan, because this concert is very special in uh, musically the way that you have dreamed, designed, and constructed it. But So give me a little bit of a feedback about you and how you came to, to this project. Well, I, I uh, came to the project knowing that we were celebrating the 50th anniversary, mm -hmm. and you had said, well, maybe we could have a little concert, <laughs> but I don't do anything little. And I thought, well, you said, well, maybe just play some music that you like or in involve people that have been part of the chapel. And I thought about it and thought, well, the chapel is such an important space. What can I do to represent the chapel? And I thought immediately, the Beatitude windows. Mm -hmm. uh, they're so beautiful. And um, I thought, then I started to research Beatitudes. And um, I came up with um, some music that I had, composers I had never heard of before. And I listened to a lot of different selections. And then I thought, well, what couldn't we possibly do that is going to work within our space? I couldn't have a symphony orchestra in there. And um, so it evolved over many hours of, of listening to different things. And um, I thought it would be a, ni a nice... Uh, germ to have as the Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. So the choir, the Aspen Chapel Choir, is going to be singing. Um, I'm going to be playing the organ. I'm starting the concert with a piece by Olivier Messiaen, who um, was uh, a 20th century composer, very important composer, was an organist in France. And um, he wrote a piece based on the building of a church. So mm -hmm. I thought that's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ideal. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you hear this incessant uh, note in the bass over and over, and it's supposed to represent uh, workers pounding mm -hmm. nails and things like that. It's a very interesting piece. And then the choir is going to perform three selections by uh, a composer that I had never heard of before, Patrick Hawes. He's an English composer. He's 60 years old. Beautiful music. Um, 
in the very English tradition, and we're going to perform three of his Beatitudes. And then I have a vocal quartet uh, made up of Kathy Pulowski, Sarah Stevens, Jeff Bestick, and Scott McCracken. And they've been singing in my choir for many, many years. And they're going to perform a piece um, by David Haas uh, called Beatitudes. And it's a, just for a quartet. Um, David Dyer will be accompanying on the piano, which is exciting for me to have. Um, and then we're going to end the concert with Arvo Pert, who um, is an Estonian composer. Beautiful, uh, esoteric type of music. And he wrote a piece called Beatitudes. It's the only piece he wrote in English, actually. And um, it's got this beautiful intertwining of the, of the, uh, the quartet sound, and um, it is with the choir, and then it ends with a big organ flourish. And um, so I'm starting, the piece, the, the concert starts kind of softly, builds, and then ends very softly. So it's, it's kind of represented a mountain to me, which I thought was kind of curious also. Yes, yes, very appropriate. Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, the Beatitudes as being an inspiration for that. Um, and I believe that the, the windows, the stained glass windows, which are uh, by the famous artist Jean-Jacques Duval, world-renowned artist in ecclesiastical uh, liturgical design. Um, I think he was told by our founder, E.M. Yost, is that right? Yes. Uh, that was the suggestion to use the Beatitudes as a subject for the design. You want to talk about that, Greg? E well, yes. Yeah. How it got to the Beatitudes, to tell you the truth, I am not 100% sure. Do you think John Jacques Duval suggested the Beatitudes to E.M. Yost? Is that what you were? That, uh, that was my, my understanding was that Yost uh, that had suggested that that's the only thing was that that would that he, they would like it to uh, reflect the beatitudes. But beyond that, do whatever. Well, they wanted. They wanted I do, do know. I, yeah. I do know from E.M. and mm -hmm. and his nephew Lyle that the beatitudes were certainly chosen because they had a much more universal uh, appeal to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be something that so many different religions could identify with. Mm -hmm. They are recorded as the words of Jesus uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, of all the Gospels, you have. Uh, a lot of sayings in there that some are attributed to Jesus and some uh, have been added later on. But the Sermon on the Mount, where the, where, which is appropriate, Sermon on the Mount, uh, where the Beatitudes are found, um, is, is, is probably known as pretty definitive those were spoken by, by Jesus. And when I say spoken, they were more than likely spoken in Aramaic and later on translated to Greek decades afterwards, depending on, on the gospel. Mm -hmm. But the Sermon on the Mount had a very universal appeal and, and, and beautiful blessings, and that's one of the reasons I know they were chosen for them. But so if someone else who initially suggested it mm -hmm. could have been E.M. Yost, mm -hmm. I, I doubt it was mm -hmm. Duval. But we must have asked him that. We had a phone call, yes, you know, you did. conversation with him, yeah, which was terrific after all these years, yes. finally having that. He's 90 and, or so in New York, mm -hmm. or almost 90. Very pleasant man, and I mostly told him how how the chapel has been utilized by thousands and thousands of people. He had no idea. He hasn't been there uh, since since he did the windows. Uh, I said, "Well, you got to come sometime." And and telling him all that we're doing, he was he was glad that so many people have been in that chapel, loving his beautiful design windows, which has an abstract and then very specific symbols. And and I th those I'm pretty sure are his. 
you know, interpretations of the Beatitudes, how he did with the different figures. And then we will, we will be mentioning that in between some of the songs. So very briefly, we'll mention uh, each Beatitude, uh, or a couple of them together in between the songs, and then uh, point out the symbolism that Jean-Jacques Duval chose. And then I'm going to try to <laughs> uh, say it in Aramaic, and then in an Aramaic language has a lot more uh, variation in interpretation, and there are some English transliterations of that. So a little twist on the Beatitude, uh, because they are in Greek, and it, it may, have, uh, may have come out a little differently, originally spoken by Jesus in Aramaic. I think we should say, uh, too, at this time, that E.M. Yost, our founder, um, it was his, his belief that there was no one true church and that we are all one, and that this chapel of peace um, built in Aspen, at, at this iconic building at the entrance to Aspen, um, was really to appeal and to welcome all people uh, to come together. And um, it was inspired um, by a trip um, for a World Peace Conference in Germany, as well as to the Wayside Chapels of well, France. France, France, and France first, and then exactly uh, uh, World Council, of, uh, which mm -hmm. was a World Mennonite conference that he attended, and then following that, a World uh, Council of Churches in Geneva, Switzerland. And I think that was a combined trip; those two places. Mm -hmm. So he got the idea from a little chapel in France, a converted windmill um, in France, that attached a steeple to it. So having, yeah. having Messian start on this concert, French, most appropriate. We've got to mention that. Yes, and, and actually the, the um, architecture of the church has a French influence because of that, and then mm -hmm. the, also the, the connection, the coming together of Jean-Jacques Duval, a French um, mm -hmm. artist. Right. And, uh, and the, and the glass is from France, too. Yes, the glass is a thick poured glass that is then actually cut with sure. a hammer and a chisel and then faceted. Mm -hmm. so that the light reflects, refracts through it in an unusual way. And these windows are not only to be seen and the light that comes into the chapel, but they must be touched to be appreciated. And the grout is very interesting, too. It's, it's a process of um, sand and then a poured black epoxy. And so it's very thick, but it also, especially in our climate here, it can handle all of the expansion and contraction. And so it's endured over the last 50 years, and we hope for another couple hundred, please. <laughs> I, used to, I, I used to tell people, because I, I was told it was from black sand from, uh, you know, the big island of Hawaii, mm -hmm. but we got corrected on that We recently. got corrected, <laughs> <It> yeah. <wasn't. laughs> but the inspiration of this space of the Aspen Chapel, I should also say, too, that it's one uh, to um, uh, um, the American Institute of Architects Awards for the design, and by Aspenites um, George Hannigan and Daniel Gale, uh, who were working with Fritz Benedict, so it, it all the design of it also came a little bit Frank Lloyd Wrightian along with a French and obviously with the talents and uh, the design uh, expertise, you know, of Hannigan and Gale too. But we can see that in this space. So we're really if with this concert, concert celebrating this space too. And tell me about the acoustics of this, the design of this chapel and what happens there. Well, the acoustics have been a little bit of an issue. I, as an organist, mm -hmm. um, we love cavernous spaces with mm -hmm. a lot of um, marble and uh, very flat surfaces. Mm -hmm. And um, our chapel is porous. The, the river rock is porous. Mm -hmm. And the windows, which are beautiful, the clear story windows, mm -hmm. have 
each window has I, a myriad amount of, of um, uh, angles because it's recessed. And so what happens with sound is the sound gets into these corners and stays in the corners. It doesn't bounce back out. So it's been challenging at times for um, the or it, with the organ because you're not getting a lot of reverberation. It's it's um, an interesting space. The the string players adore it. It's perfect for strings. Choir sometimes they sound great in there, but they can't hear each other as well as they would like. Um, so we're working a lot now with trying to for, um, have a formation of the choir in semicircles so that they can hear each other. They've, they've enjoyed doing that. So um, the, the organ is up in the loft, of course, and so a lot of times the sound um, stays up there. But we've worked a little bit on trying to get more ref reflective surfaces. We used to have carpet. We no longer have carpet. Um, when there aren't any chairs or people in the space <laughs> and I play, it is amazing. It keeps, but then I'm playing only to myself. So that well, doesn't. Sometimes times when you start playing, people leave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, and if that doesn't work, I start speaking from the pulpit and we are empty. <laughs> and we they, like to hear each other. They have yeah. to take the chairs with them though. So <laughs> because the chairs are very, um, they have a lot of upholstery. <laughs> But what, yeah, when all the chairs are out and, and I'm in there all by myself blasting away, it's, just, it's fabulous. It's, so you'll have to sneak in some. Well, you I'm do practicing. shake the rafters. I love it when you pull out all those stops. Well, and it sounds like you're going to have some of it's, that with it's, it, this No, concert. it's going full organ. We're yeah. full throttle. You really have brought it up, you know, to have the, the deeper registers, yeah. right? And yeah. a broader range. We have trumpets and incredible. big... 16-foot pipes, and it's, yes. it's, it's fun. It's a fun Well, it's going to be a special part of this concert we're having on July 6th, so we're looking forward to and it. I feel honored to be able to play with such great people, too, and mm -hmm. um, a little Messian story. My, my teacher studied with Messian, so I feel like I have a direct link to the composer, which wow. is a lot of fun for me to play Messian. Susan's had six years at Juilliard? Yes. Five years, actually. Five I got years? my yeah. I did get my master's in one yet. Wow. Five years. in Oregon. Yeah, in Oregon performance. So, wow. yeah. Well, in addition to celebrating the architecture and the music and the history of Aspen Chapel on our 50th anniversary, also the importance of art, and art, the connection to the art community, and sharing art within our our chapel, which this is your baby. Yes, it, it, it You started is. the Aspen Chapel Gallery? I started, Connie, Connie Madsen, an artist, came to me 30, be 34 years in June, came to me, she probably came to me about this time and said, why don't we do an art show in the basement? And, uh, and I said, sounds like a good idea. So we did. And uh, that was the first show. We're now on, the show that's hanging currently is the 211th show. Um, oh, wow. And... Uh, it, uh, it, and I've been there, I mean, I've been there the whole way through. I thought I would retire and maybe show 150, but, you know, that was a number Tom of shows ago. had a gallery ago. in town before this. I had a gallery, yes. Oh, initially, I had a gallery called the Gargoyle, which was here from 1971 until 78 or 79. I can't remember now when, when, when I closed it. Um, and because uh, my other my other work is in theater, and I wanted to go do theater, and so then I ended up 
at the chapel, Greg asked me to come and be the director of the chapel, sort of whatever that is. At the time, we didn't know. We sort of forged our way through that. Um, and that's when the, that was in 84, and then the gallery got started in 85. And so here we are. Uh, Michael Bonds is my co-curator with me. Um, Carol Lowenstern was with me for 16 years. And prior to that, I did it on my own. The, basically, the years I was there working at the chapel full-time, I ran the gallery, too. Once I stopped working full-time, it, it became uh, more difficult to do all of that and do it. So that's where we are. And uh, we have uh, a show that's going to be up during this show, or during this concert, is, is actually... It's called A Sense of Place. Uh, it's curated by Molly Peacock, and it's a, a very interesting show. She's a ceramicist, and so, but it's a mix of some architects, um, a, uh, some uh, sculptors, some ceramicists, um, and it's in, um, we're partnering with Habitat for Humanity. All of, the, all of our shows now partner with another nonprofit, the, the current one that's up um, is uh, art, uh, uh, art in Action, and it's partnering with uh, English in Action. So, um, anyway, the, the Sense of Place runs uh, late May until the middle of July. And uh, we're excited about that, and I think it'll be an interesting p part of um, this whole bigger picture in that um, I've asked uh, some of my curators to consider maybe doing a little bit of interpretation artistically of the windows. You know, in other words, we, we can tell what they're of. We can look at them, but, you know, somebody else looking at the, the color and the design and all of that in an artistic way, I think, could bring a, another little bit of depth to the whole thing. Oh, that'll be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, I think the art gallery has been such a wonderful outreach to the community, as you said, through your partnerships. It, yes. But also the way that you bring in Encompass uh, and give the opportunity for so many artists, uh, not only to show their work, but to work collaboratively with other artists that they may not have, I mean, on a particular, because of the particular themes. True, yeah, that, that's, yeah. yeah each, each show has 10 artists, except for Small Wonders, which we do in December, and that has uh, usually around 30 artists because the pieces are smaller, and, and that shows a show where they, we sell right off the wall. The other shows are up for about six weeks, and you can come in and buy it, and we'll put a red dot on it and keep it there until the end of the show. But they work together getting the show up, and now with, the, with all these different partnerships, they're, um, you know, they, they are looking at a whole new idea about what they're doing because they have a different kind of focus. The curators, I have a group of curators and each one does a show. They can theme a show if they want to or that, but we've found that the partnerships are beginning to help them. For example, we uh, the show in July called New Landscapes uh, in the Bauhaus Tradition, which is partnering with the Aspen Historical Society. Um, and they have a wonderful exhibition there of Herbert Beyer and, and his uh, contribution to Aspen in the Bauhaus. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and I won't get into, unless you want me to, all the other ones. So do, so. do um, different artists um, come together? It sounds like there might be a group of two or three that come together and make a proposal for an exhibit. And how do they, what's the process? Well, for any, any artist can, can yeah. contact Michael or myself. And, okay. and we will then get them in contact with a, a curator. We, every show has a different curator, and the curators are always on the lookout for their 
their um, artists to be in their shows, and each each show has a sort of a uh, what I call a working title. You know, there's watercolors, landscape, uh, I mean, um, oils and acrylics, photography, ceramics, um, and so that's sort of the broader picture. And then they, um, you know, mixed media. They can do within that though anything they want to do. And, and I, I should add to that um, with these with these shows, everything is for sale almost yes. always, right? Yes. I mean, um, yeah, that's a part it, of it. That's part of it. Yeah, and I do think there's a, a portion that goes to the chapel, which yes. is very important. Right. Um, yes. So the, the way it breaks down is 65% goes back to the artist, 10% mm -hmm. uh, goes to the partnering nonprofit, and 25% comes back to the chapel mm -hmm. gallery. Well, it's greatly appreciated by all three. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yes, it's part part of our budget. So yeah. <laughs> They have great receptions. Oh, we do have great wonderful receptions. Wonderful receptions. Are so beautiful. Yes. yes. With, with thousands of people. Actually, yes. more like kind of, there's usually 100 to 300 yeah. people yeah. who attend a, a reception from 5 to 7 mm -hmm. uh, every six Wednesday or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about it was six and a half weeks. But we do have great receptions, and, you know, there's stuff to drink and uh, alcoholic and non alcoholic, and, yeah. and a, a lot of food. Good. And uh, that's always that's welcome. It's a real community event. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. It's a, it's yes. Susan, I, w I just want to go back to you because um, one thing I truly have enjoyed about Aspen Chapel is um, the creativity uh, and also the different kinds of music that you bring to the chapel uh, through every not only every Sunday but every event, special events like the Bach Cantata too, and just tell us a little bit more about about your very broad view uh, of bringing in artists and different kinds of music. Uh, a lot depends on who's in town at that time. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll come up with an idea and, um, and then mull it over in my head for a while. And um, I try to keep, on Sundays, I try to keep a variety so that it's not just one type of music because we have so many different types of people that come to the chapel. And, um, of course, my background is Western European classical music. Um, but when I was a kid, I was in a rock band. And um, so I've got that behind me. And um, that's how I started, actually, was in a rock band. And so um, my interests lie... I mean, I always said that if anybody wanted to put on my iPod on shuffle they would say this woman is completely crazy because it goes everywhere from Gregorian chant to Jimi Hendrix and everything else in between. So, um, But I, I try to keep things interesting, and for myself, I try to keep myself active and learning new pieces. So um, especially in the summer with the music festival um, performers, those, um, those students are amazing. And... and you got to be on your toes. They're they're the best in the world, and that's fun to to work with them. And we have a lot of seasoned professionals here in the valley too. Mm -hmm. So um, we try to keep it dignified and yet interesting and and dif diverse. And the choir you've developed is really significant. yeah. I've got a, a lot of long term people. Yeah, there. a lot mm. of wonderful people. Mm -hmm. I have a, um, a a group of uh, ringers, you know, my professionals. But almost everybody in the group reads music which is great. We do very difficult pieces. Tom's been in the choir from day one in my bass section, and uh, we have a lot of fun, and we, we challenge ourselves. I mean, we, we, do, we do exciting, difficult music. Yeah. 
It's they also eat and drink wine afterwards, too. We, that's a <laughs> way to keep the choir happy. Keep them coming. We yes. do, a, do a lot of eating and wine drinking at the chapel for, yeah, for many reasons. For many reasons. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we will be doing the same after this um, concert. So. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> you know, um, going back to our founder, E.M. Yost, and, uh, you know, he, he, his legacy is that he gave us this chapel of peace. And the question is, well, what does that really mean? But he did give us some direction on that. And um, one of the things that is a quote from him, which is what we're talking about, community here, is he said, the chapel includes its use as a center for retreats, for meditation, for special worship services, open to all, for musical presentations, for liturgical drama, for exhibits of art and literature, poetic readings, all efforts to seek paths leading to brotherhood and peace. And I think that's reflected in what you've been saying, is that um, the chapel seems to bring together communities uh, through all these different efforts, including community outreach efforts, including the arts, is what we're celebrating with this special event, this special concert on July 6th. And uh, I think that's part of our founder's mission, and I'm glad that we're able to carry on in bringing people together for such a, a marvelous time and appreciation of music, art, and architecture through the Aspen Chapel. So I thank all three of you. We're really excited with what you're bringing uh, to this event. And we invite uh, all of you to please join us again for Aspen Chapel's 50th anniversary concert. It's a sensory experience, the sense of place through music, art, and architecture. And it's Saturday, July 6th at 4 p.m. And refreshments following, <laughs> and there's no charge, but uh, donations are always welcome. So thank you from all of us.